friends. Welcome to the Creative Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Caldwell, and I'm so happy you're here. Each episode, I take some time to chat with fellow artists about life, faith, and the impact of the arts. It is such a gift to be able to be here with Keith and Kathy Thibodeau today, and you all have been such just, I would say, like pioneers in the world of Christian dance, and especially here in America, but also globally around the world. So thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you. Thanks, Rachel. Yes. So just to give our listeners, if they don't happen to know you, although I imagine many probably recognize your name, wanted to give them a little bit of background on you guys and then allow you to share and introduce yourselves as well. So Keith is the executive director of Ballet Magnificat. And then Kathy, you're the founder and artistic director of Ballet Magnificat. This is a Christian ballet company that started, was it in 1993? Is that right? 86. 86. Okay. That's amazing. 1986. So been around, I guess, let's see, trying to do some quick math here. Was it got 37, I think? So oh, 37. Yeah. That's incredible. Just, so way before you were born, we started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least a few years. So <laughs> that's amazing. Just love seeing the longevity of the company. And it's really fun seeing y'all's journey together as well. So Kathy, I know you have a, a big background in you know, professional ballet and training in that world, um, a lot of recognitions and your dancing and choreography, and then Keith kind of coming in from sort of the acting and music side. So most probably well known as Little Ricky on I Love Lucy mm-hmm. back when the show was airing, and then um, also being part of David and the Giants. So yeah, right? yeah, the Christian band. Uh, we we were a secular rock band first, then uh, a Christian band. That's so cool. David and the Giants. Yeah, David and the Giants. So it'll be fun to talk and. And I know you were also involved in other television and just music industry. So it's going to be fun to hear mm-hmm. that journey and kind of how you all came together. But I would love to give you a moment just to introduce yourselves, maybe share a little bit about your family and uh, yeah, and then we'll dive deeper into your journey. Well, thank you for having us. This is this is a treat for us to Talk about the goodness of the Lord. He's been so wonderful in our lives and done so much. And uh, we do just give him all the glory for what he's done and what he's doing now and what he's going to do. I hold it. I'm, let's see. I'm 67, pushing 67. Um, that's important to know <laughs> our age. Yeah, that's, it's pretty amazing because <laughs> just seeing the longevity in your dance career. Mm-hmm. Is very inspiring, I think, for all of us dancers. <laughs> um, praise the Lord. It's uh, all because of him. Yeah, I grew up here in Jackson, Mississippi. Wasn't born here. I was born in Memphis, Tennessee, but moved to Jackson when I was three. Oldest of four girls and started dancing when I was very young. My mom had always wanted to take ballet. She never was able to. So she said, I'm going to get my daughters in. So she took us down to the local dance studio, and after a year, well, the sisters quit, and I, and but I loved it. I loved it from the very beginning. I knew that, boy, I want to dance when I get older, <laughs> and, and uh, just I was very blessed also to have wonderful teachers in the beginning. I had a married couple that had danced with American Ballet Theater, 
And so they were my first teachers. And so they kind of instilled a, a love for dance and just a great foundation. That helps definitely to start off strong, you know? Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm very thankful for that here in Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah, I'm very thankful for that. Um, I say during my teenage years, dancing, I guess you could say, well, it was an idol in my life for sure. It was the God of my life. Even though I'd kind of grown up going to church here, you know, the church on every corner here in the, in the South and everybody right. goes to church and you say you're a Christian, but Jesus was definitely not the Lord of my life. I believed in him, but he just wasn't the center of my life. And dancing was, I thought dancing was going to make me happy. It was going to be, be my life, you know, but it all, all it did was lead me down a road of just not fulfillment. You know, and it and it wasn't until I met Jesus that I knew what life was all about and what my dancing, why God had given me the gift of dance. Right. um, Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. And yeah, Keith that led me to the Lord. He I met him when I was nineteen. Nineteen. And I was dancing professionally and met him. He was a musician. And uh, he'll share his testimony, but had a great story of how the Lord saved him. And he started sharing with me right away, you know, Jesus. And, of course, I said, you know, at first, I'm okay, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm I'm good. (laughs) I grew up, you know, in church. And, yeah. Uh It was several years later. We've got quite a story. I don't know how. I guess we have time to share. Yeah, right? we have time. We could share, maybe let Keith share kind of your background up to that point, And then we could go from kind of when you guys started. When you got to. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Moving forward together. Okay, well, I'm a musician first in my life. That was the first thing I did. I started playing the drums when I was two years old in Louisiana. Wow. And began to... Uh, play on trash cans and then finally my dad got me a, a set and then I started playing like a real drum set and I was just a little bitty boy and I'd play for like high schools and and Kiwanis club meetings and then this guy named Horace Height came into town and he had a big band and a big show across the nation and it was a television show called the Horace Height Swift Premium Hour which nobody probably remembers that out there but he was a pretty famous guy. And when he came to town, uh, I won the talent contest, which got me on the show. And then I did one night stands with him and ended up in California. And then from California, I ended up with the Isle of Lucy show. Uh, yeah. I joined the cast as Little Ricky on the show and um, was part of that, that sitcom for four years, the last four years of the show, until it ended when Lucy and Desi were divorced. And then when they got divorced, I was out of a job at the age of nine years old Mm -hmm. and on to the Andy Griffith show. And I played Johnny Paul, Opie's best friend, on about 13 episodes. Then my my mom and dad separated and divorced and our family moved from California to Louisiana. I started playing in bands, started drinking, smoking cigarettes when I was like 16 years old. Mm -hmm. Uh, I left California when I was 16, left show business behind. And uh, continued in drumming. And so I joined a band called David and the Giants and played rock and roll. They were a secular rock and roll band at the time. And uh, we we went through all the sex, drugs, and rock and roll stuff. I ended up on drugs with my friends. 
and really got into LSD and things like that and mescaline and, and pot and, and um, even shot up heroin in my arm several times during uh, my drug using days. But God had mercy on me. And uh, I cried out to him one night in Laurel, Mississippi. I was on my waterbed and I said, Lord, at that point, my life was in shambles. I mean, I was I was at the end of my life. I was suicidal. I was um, chronically depressed. I was hearing voices in my head, and I, I just, I just couldn't take life in general anymore. And I said, "Lord, if you're real, save me out of this mess that I made in my life." And uh, a couple of weeks later, my mom had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. She came to the Lord, and she knew the Lord, and she invited me to a meeting there. And I was saved in 1974, way back then, and um, at the age of 24, 74. I was like 20. I was like 24 years old, okay. something like that. But it doesn't matter. I mean, God came into my life, removed the the crazy stuff in my life. The Bible began to be a, a, a treasure that I, I treasured in my life, and um, I went back to the band, the rock and roll band, and witnessed to them by Jesus. And um, they, of course, thought I flipped out on another drug mm-hmm. and I was just out of it. And but they said, you'll be OK in a couple of weeks. You, know, you get back to the old Keith. But I just kept talking about Jesus. And then finally, I ended up leaving the band and then going back for a while to Louisiana. And in the meantime, the band and became Christians. Wow. And it was a little bit by the by the seeds that I planted for David of David and the Giants that he came to the Lord. And so uh, that was kind of interesting. And then and then we began playing as a Christian band in 1979. Okay. And started, uh, it was kind of pioneering Christian band. And then uh, started playing in the 80s as a Christian rock band and became quite well-known, had, you know, different labels, you know, ABC Word, CBS, Priority, Benson Company, and different different big labels in Nashville. Touring all over the United States, we, we played in Jamaica, we uh, we played in England, we were there in front of punk rockers, mm-hmm. and we they were saved, the punk rockers were saved. Uh, it's a whole story about how that came to pass, but I don't want to spend too much time talking about this part of the life uh, that we led, but uh, it, it's really been a journey, you know, that, that God has taken us, and we're we're still playing with David and the Giants. I'm still playing with David and the Giants. Not we're. There's only one key. There's only one drummer here. Not, we're. not in the plural. Uh, Kathy's not playing with us. But That's fine. Though. You guys are still. Groupie, though. She is our groupie, though. Oh, yeah. I bet. I bet. Over the over the years. and So when you were 19, Kathy, was that when you all first met? And seaside? When I met is- Keith and the band were playing here in Jackson, and my best friend was a relative of David. And she said, I want to take you out and meet these guys. They're playing at a supper club. And so she introduced me to the band. And Keith says right away he had love at first sight, but it, it wasn't. It took a little bit longer than that. But <laughs> we started dating and seeing each other. And then three months later, he asked me to marry him. And I was 19. He was a little bit older. And, uh-huh. and, and, I was, and I was 
ballet dancer. He was a drummer and a rock band. It's like, you know, this is not going to work. But he, he and he, he had just come to know the Lord a couple years earlier. And that's when he was talking to, to me about Jesus. But he said, you know what? Let's just pray. Let's ask the Lord whether we're supposed to get married or not. You know, he's got a plan. He's got a plan. Yeah. And so he had a little paraphrase Bible back in the, the 70s. It was called the Living Bible. It's paraphrase. And he said, what I want you to do is take the Bible out, close your eyes, open it up and just point. And wherever your finger lands, we'll take it as God's answer, whether we're supposed to get married or not. And um, crazy, crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> um, but he, and he said a short little prayer. But I got the Bible, closed my eyes, opened it up, pointed, and he said, okay, what does it say? And it's, my finger landed in the book of Ruth. It's where Ruth was speaking. And she was saying, it is I, Ruth, make me your wife according to God's holy laws. Whoa. And so that's right where my finger landed. We couldn't have gotten more clear. <laughs> For sure. On, get married so actually we eloped that night as my yeah yeah definitely an adventure we keep thinking if our daughter that it would like oh my gosh but we did and nobody of course nobody thought that it would last but here we are 47 pushing 50 years of marriage 47 47 47. that's incredible congratulations thank you like such a and that's such a fun story such a cool you know god using it and yeah. um and where he's brought you today so what was the journey like once you guys got married and trying to navigate you know a professional musician professional ballet dancer you know how did that the lives kind of merge at that point yeah uh when we when we first got married we we moved to california and i was going to start a band there with with uh, Desi Arnaz Jr. It was Lucio Ball and Desi Arnaz's son. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't work out too well because he had an acting career at that time. And so we stayed with uh, my uncle and who lives in California and went on from there, went to Six Flags one day in, in California and in L.A. and um, saw this band called, was it Starbucks? <laughs> so that moved us back to, we. I got into a band called Starbucks, which had a big, big song called moonlight feels right and then we moved back to atlanta georgia i was fired in two weeks from that band and once i was fired kathy was crying because we just got married you know just newlyweds and i'd taken her across the country and we didn't know what we were doing you know Mm, yeah i told her rachel that this is the best thing that could have happened to us and i just knew that god had something you know so we moved back to mississippi and i went in started living we started living at uh her mom's house and uh stayed there for a while i went back to college and started playing in jazz bands all the while she was she was a ballet dancer here in town Mm -hmm. she was the principal dancer at ballet mississippi yeah so we kind of led that life for a while of you know me kind of going to college, me playing around town, jazz bands, mm-hmm. she with ballet until. Uh, and then you got a call from David to read. Oh, yeah. And then I got a call from David of, of the Giants mm-hmm. uh, asking me to join the Christian David and the Giants. So they had all become Christians, like I said, after I left. 
And then I said, okay, I felt like that was God's will. So I always wanted to play for the Lord. And so I said, I, ha- I would have to leave Kathy and go on the road. And we, we, she was pregnant with our daughter, Tara. Okay. And, uh, but I knew I'd have to make some sacrifices, but I knew from the word that he leaves wife, houses, homes for the kingdom of God, you know, for Jesus and the kingdom of God. He'll be returned many more times over. So I know God, you know, it was a sacrifice, but it was a good thing. Mm -hmm. So I went on the road and I missed a lot of things, you know, with uh, our daughter and and Kathy. And but we we also had times when she would come on the road and and Tara would, too, as a little girl and follow us around playing big festivals around around uh, the U.S. And then. I had a band, and I, that was the last <laughs> band I had. Mm-hmm. It was called <laughs> Lively Stones. And mm-hmm. that band sort of was the nexus for me leaving music for a while and and basically saying, you know, God has called me to be a servant to what my wife was doing. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had to let leave my aspirations and musical aspirations behind and do something that I wasn't really accustomed to, but I said, whatever, Lord, the Lord wanted me to leave and join Valley Magnificat. So that's what I did. I heard that very, very clearly. Yeah. And so I started out and we were just, yeah, it was actually, yeah, my life was changed at a Dave and the Giants concert. I I had heard the band, the secular band, but when Keith rejoined them, I had never heard them as a, a Christian band. Yeah. And I remember they were playing at a church not far from here. And I, and I went in and it was something that I never experienced before. I just walked in and I saw just people, the freedom and the joy, you know, that I had never experienced in, in church. And so at the end of their concert, they gave an altar call and I, I was, I said, Lord, I, you know, I, I, I need you. And Keith had all, been talking to me about Jesus, you know, for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was that night that I just finally said, Lord, I, I need you. I, I surrender and whatever, you know, whatever you want me to do. And I was dancing professionally. And then all of a sudden people were saying, well, after I came to know Jesus as my Lord, people were saying, telling me to give up dancing. Well, the Christians. Yeah, the cre- yeah, yeah. People were saying because back in the eighties, was that name? No, that was seventy. No, way back. It was like yeah, you never heard of anybody dancing for Jesus or you know, Christian. right? Yeah, the the concept wasn't really there yeah, for people, was, right? Right, right. And so it was like we were just praying, you know. Now that I know, and we know where my the gifts come from, I didn't feel like the Lord was, you know, I wasn't supposed to bury it, bury the talent, the gift. And, mm-hmm. and like, you know, so I feel like we felt like God had a, a purpose. So for the next, actually. Well, seven, what we saw in the Bible were, you know, it said to praise his name with the dance mm-hmm. and music. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So he was always encouraging me to use dance for the Lord, but it was like, well, how, you know, and we just didn't, didn't know how, cause we didn't see anybody doing it or whatever. So we just, he kept praying for me and you know, about seven years later, 
we just had peace. It was time for me to just step away from the the ballet company that I was with. And well, well, we had some prophetic words that that helped that, and and that said that she was going to be a pioneer. Kathy was going to be a pioneer in in dance, and we didn't know. We we kept getting these words, you know, about that, and so that just began to to grow in Kathy, and then finally she she left. So left and of course I was like tw- I was 29 uh and I'd done the international ballet competition yes. and so and people said you're giving up your career you know what are what are, <laughs> what are you doing you know and then we started talking about a, a Christian company and and people said you know what are you thinking you'll never get dancers you'll never get support you know whoever heard of such a thing but it, it made the papers here that I was leaving the company because I've been with them a long time, yeah. you know. So it, it was kind of a shock to people. But the next, it made the papers. And the next day, Dr. Newton Wilson, he was president of Bellhaven College at the time. Okay. 1986, mm-hmm. he called and he said, Kathy, whatever we can do to help you get started, we want to give you office space, studio space, whatever you need, because we feel like this is from the Lord. And right away, these other businesses in town started calling and saying, whatever we can do to help you get started. Well, there wasn't a company. There was nothing. There were no dancers. There was just like vision, basically. (laughs) (laughs) They got a place in our heart. And, and, and we were just, I don't know, God, I guess just gave us such childlike faith that it was like, if he said it, He's going to do it. We don't have to worry about it. He's going to take care of it. And we just had peace of knowing. But we didn't know if I was quitting dancing for a while. You know, we didn't know what was going to happen because we didn't really have a plan or anything. But um, it happened so soon. And and then it's just amazing how I knew a guy who, who was a Christian and called him and we said do you know any christian dancers and we got in touch with a lady she knew one christian dancer from california and we talked to her and she's and she's and we told her what we were trying to do here and and she said i'm coming this is what i've been praying for and we said well do you know any christian dancers and she said well i know one that lives in new york we called her she said i'm i'm coming this is what i've been praying for we, they didn't know us we didn't know no and they just Moved to Jackson. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Faith, in faith, and we we started just a handful of dancers, and and of course this was before computers and cell phones. True. You know, we yes. nothing, and uh, we started getting yellow pages, finding churches. We just started sending out flyers, and there, I think there were about four of us, four or five of us, and. We started getting little invitations, go to different churches. And Keith and I had had a little minivan at the time. So we had our little minivan. We had our, our home stereo system that we took. We didn't have much, We but we we were just a little group, but we were so excited to see what God was going to do. You know, yeah. we knew that he had something. and. Yeah. Then gradually we added more dancers and here we are 37 years later, you know, when people said it would never work, but, but God, I mean, yeah, but God, exactly. (laughs) His grace. And 
we've grown and we've got a training school and a training program now. And we've been in, God's allowed us to go into like 50 countries That's sharing amazing. the gospel. We're, yeah. yeah. And um, all over the country. Mm-hmm. And we stand amazed. We just <laughs> amazed every day. Yeah. At the Lord's His grace. Yeah. Mercy. For sure. For sure. Thinking back over these years, you know, since those early days, just being a small group and to what it's grown to today, what have been maybe some of the most impactful moments as you look back? Well, I mean, I, I thought that when, she, when Kathy won the silver medal in the IBC, mm-hmm. that was such an impactful moment for her and all of us and Ballet Magnificat, because I felt like that was the beginning of Ballet Magnificat. Uh, she had chosen a, a a Christian song to dance to and the contemporary uh, requirement. And there were communist judges there and they didn't want her to do a Christian dance. You know, the people that were supporting Kathy because they thought it would be, she'd be judged against that. Mm. And so for her to step out in faith and to be bold and to share her faith through that, that was the most impactful beginning. It was like the springboard for Ballet Magnificat. And then from that point on, God used that and um, used Kathy and the recognition of that that medal and her her position in ballet to uh, to really get the ballet going and get the people and to choreograph ballets, all these things that she had to begin to do, you know. Right. That makes sense. And is that a painting or a picture of you behind you guys? (laughs) That yeah. is her picture right That's there. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. I know it's only audio, so those who are listening can't see it, but it's this beautiful image of, from the International Ballet Competition, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yes. And what did th- that feel like for you, Kathy, when you know people are saying, oh, you shouldn't you shouldn't use a Christian song? And yeah. what was kind of going through your mind at that point? Oh, I, you know, that was so long ago. I, I don't really remember what exactly was going on in my life, but <laughs> it was just, I mean, they had wanted me to be in the competition and I kind of said, well, I will, but I'd love to share a piece that where I can share my, my faith, you know, in, in Jesus. And of course it was three rounds. Like you have to do, you know, so I had to do like Don Q and Corsair, Pod, Don Q Pod, and then I but the, my last piece was We Shall Behold Him by Sandy Patty, yeah. uh, which big song back then in, in 82 yeah. just come out. And um it was just like you said, it was it was just being able to stand on that stage and well, pray, pray that it, I could honor the Lord through the gifts that he's, you know, given. Mm-hmm. It was just amazing. And, yeah, yeah. And just with all the politics that are in those kinds of things, you know, yeah. with different countries and different dance companies and different things like that, for her to win a silver medal was really from Mississippi. I mean, you know, it's like very, very. Yeah, that's very incredible. That is very, <laughs> it's just a, a cool way that you can definitely see God utilizing that to expand not only Ballet Magnificat, but also just his glory across that yeah. the whole ballet industry, you know, in the ballet world internationally. So I think one of the one of the things that Ballet Magnificat brought was excellence, you know, mm-hmm. in Christian dance. And people, you know, like she said, nobody heard of that. But the fact that she was recognized in the secular ballet world 
helped when we were trying to find churches that would accept us to come and and do something there. Mm-hmm. It, it was like, well, you know, and then she had that that kind of um, qualification, you know, that it wasn't just fly by night people coming out there and just doing whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like it a, a bit of a stamp of yeah. approval, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great, or something that they could recognize, like, oh, okay. This is someone who knows what they're talking about, and they're going to bring yeah, excellence. That's, yes. that's impressive. Yes. Right. Yeah. Any other sort of pivotal moments along the way with the company or the school, even? When we got our school, we 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 got out from Bill Haven's wings, and then started a school and and our company, and you know, getting this building that we're in right now is is really was really monumental, and um, it's. About ten thousand, no, eleven thousand square feet, almost twelve thousand. Wow! And four studios, and you know, just uh, paid for. We we don't believe in debt, yeah. so everything is just basically paid for, and those kinds of things. Touring and going to Israel was another impactful moment, and mm-hmm. you can yeah. share that. Yeah, uh, we've been to Israel. What six? The company has six or six, six times, maybe. Six, yeah. Yeah, and we were just there in May, and we had been invited for Holocaust Remembrance mm-hmm. uh, Week. Yeah, uh, We do a ballet entitled The Hiding Place, and it's based on the life of Corrie ten Boom. Yes, so powerful. Yes, it's a beautiful story, and we were invited to perform that there in Israel during that week, and they, the sponsors brought us into like six different cities, I think, um, beautiful auditoriums where they would bus in Holocaust survivors or or families of Holocaust survivors. So there were some there who had been children in the concentration camps and who were old now, but it was, it was packed. It was, they were packed out every time. And we didn't really know because there were Jewish audiences. There was mostly Jewish audiences. Mm-hmm. And we're a Christian ballet from the U.S. coming to tell them a Christian story. But the reception, we we couldn't have prayed for a better reception. I mean, <laughs> it was amazing. And we had different dignitaries from each city, like mayors and, and uh, different people would come up after the program on stage and talk about what was just seen and, okay. you know, and then we were able to talk about the reason that Corey Ten Boom did this was because she loved them because of the love of Jesus, because yeah. of Jesus, yeah. you know, she could love them. So we were able to talk about Jesus to this. And we actually, the sponsors had gotten books, Corey Ten Boom's book, Hiding Place in, in, in Jerusalem. Uh, yeah. And, that's we gave them out after the performance and they were just, the people were just grabbing for the books. They wanted to read her story. So it was just, God did some amazing. That was, every time we go to Israel, God does some amazing things. Yeah. But, yes. but, and then, then the company went to Kosovo after Israel and it was mostly Muslim audiences and they did the same thing. And the audiences just, Loved it. So it's it was just God using dance to kind of I don't know to tell the story that 
that they could accept. I, I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. just the Lord, you know, how, yes. how it was accepted, you know. Yeah. So. That makes me think about just, you know, you all have, like you said, been, I think you said over 50 countries. Is that right? Uh-huh. Wow. And just the international impact that Valley Magnificat's been able to have. And in all of those travels, and you also have a company an international company as well, right? Or branch of Valley Magnificat? We yes. Do. We love you for you to join it. Yeah, <laughs> just so fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's a great, it's a great place. It's in Brazil. Brazil, oh, that's right. I was like trying to remember what country. Yes. So in Brazil, that's incredible. A school training program and a company in Brazil. It started seven years ago. Yeah, that's a miracle in itself. How that happened, and yeah, how we're there and still there. Wow, yeah. that's a. But we're we're just moving into new buildings there, to new studios. Okay, uh, as we speak. So <laughs> speak. we're. It's like it's like a thousand square feet bigger than our studios here in Jackson. Whoa, that's amazing. So, yeah, it's, apparently yeah. it's going to be the largest dance facility in. Curitiba, the city, which has over three million people, <laughs> but and then and probably the state. It's it's a beautiful facility. We're just God is from the Lord. So. And, and you know what's interesting about that too that people don't know about Bolshoi Ballet is located in Russia, but they also have one not far from where we have our ballet. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's the, it's the only other Bolshoi school. It's huge. We been, we visited there, and it's like amazing place yeah, but cool. we are still the biggest in uh the metro area of Kurchiva and probably the state wow. of Parana. that's really neat yeah well just with all of those different experiences you've already touched on it in those stories which i think is incredible but any other thoughts on how you've seen dance make an impact in people's lives for the kingdom across cultures yeah yeah well here here's one for the king well cross cultures we went to china and Korea, Philippines, Singapore, mm-hmm. all those were like totally in different cultures, you know, for sure. Right. And we made an impact. I mean, it was, it had its own stories. Each one had its own stories. But I remember one in Greenville, South Carolina, we did a performance one time and it was, um, it was ballet Kathy choreograph called Freedom. And there were two ladies that went to it separately and these ladies knew each other but they had an offense against one another and they 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 really didn't like each other and something happened and and so they were both there in different seats and all that and um and they met each other they they ran into each other in the lobby and one of them just fell on her after they saw the ballet one of them fell on her knees and asked forgiveness to the other one Whoa. And they told us that story, you know, and it was like just watching that ballet. Yeah. It was it was like it, it the Holy Spirit just moved on their heart and changed the direction of their lives. Wow. Yeah, you just never know how how God's gonna use mm-hmm. our offering and especially in the arts, you know, and that people can yeah. have an encounter yeah. with him through even watching a performance, you know. Yes, yes. That's amazing. That is so yes. amazing. I remember one time we were in Czech Republic, uh, I think Prague or something, and afterwards a girl came up and broke in English, and she said, you know, I used to think that God, it was a fairy tale about God. Mm-hmm. And she said, but now I know that he's real. 
And so it's beautiful. Yeah. Just hearing stories like that, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Cause we, we've had the privilege of praying with many people after our programs. Cause we do offer a time of, you know, prayer after we finish and, mm-hmm. and to see God move. So, so yes. And the company performs, you know, from big, huge mega churches to small churches mm-hmm. to schools to outside events and everything in between <laughs> as as you probably know being in dance a dam yes yeah kind of a similar probably just variety of settings you know you find yourself in so yeah right right but it, it's just been amazing how god's provided and just how he that's that's a miracle you know mm-hmm. um, i mean who gets to do this? I mean, you've got, we have about 30, what, 30 something employees, 39 employees, staff and, and dancers uh, that are on full time salary mm-hmm. doing, and we don't have any really, you know, outside arts funding or anything like that to do it yeah. because of our faith. We don't, there's not a lot of that going on. So it's all the Lord. It's all us just getting out there and, Hitting, hitting the road and doing it, you know? Right, exactly. And that actually makes me think about just over these years, you guys being in leadership with the company and also the school, seeing it grow. I'm just curious, are there any key lessons that you've learned along the way in leadership? Because I know a lot of people listening probably are either already leaders or will one day, you know, be leading <laughs> a group. <laughs> so uh, That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we we don't really, there's no like formulas for doing things, you know. Mm-hmm. We just really felt like, you know, whatever happens around here, we just, we we put it to, we put it to the Lord. We put it to Jesus. We put it before the Holy Spirit and he leads us and guides us. And we don't always get it right of what we do and what decisions that are made and how we lead and, and whatnot. But the Lord has just covered our tracks <laughs> yeah he has just, uh, covered our back and we just we're just blessed we're, we have a great company we have a they're on the road right now mm-hmm. touring and uh we have all our trainees here and they've just started this new season and so it's exciting to have them here and exciting to have our new school of the arts a director over our school of the arts which is the lower school mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah i mean we don't we don't know other than the fact that there's so many different things about you know about leadership but it's like i guess being humble and and learning to be a servant you know too Mm, yeah and not 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 afraid to do small things uh instead of just the big things you know yes anything you want to add to that kathy well (laughs) it well it's definitely easier for me to be a follower than a leader for, for me. Mm-hmm. I, I never ever wanted to be a leader. So it makes me really dependent on <laughs> Jesus for sure. Much easier for me to follow. Uh, I'd rather have somebody lead me than. Mm-hmm. than I understand. That's I'm, probably more per- my personality as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but see, I wasn't, I wasn't really a leader before I came to the ballet and no. because I was like a musician, just kind of like whatever, you know, Right. I wasn't a leader as such, but I think when I learned to be a servant first, 
that's how you become a leader. Mm, yes. You, know, you first you first start. You don't start out way on top. You know. Right. You start. You start. Well, you work your way up, and that that goes for anybody here that they show themselves, you know, in a humble wherever they are, and and they show themselves. You have a good attitude. You you love the Lord. You have a good attitude. You work hard, mm-hmm. and that's going to be noticed. Right. That's going to be you know, and then you, you know who the ones are the leaders here. You know, you you know those people, and they. They just rise to the top and then they they have to be a leader, you know? Mm-hmm. Makes sense. He's just brought amazing people. You know, our staff is wonderful. Yeah. And so we. Unbelievable we, staff. We, yeah. We take a lot of counsel from them. They're always praying for us. You know, mm-hmm. we try to foster a, a family. You know, we're a family here. We're not sick us. And then, man, you know, it's like we're all together. In this Valley Minificat family, and we're working for the same, mm-hmm. you know, purpose and goal. And it's, yeah, it's a blessing. I mean, every morning we gather together as, as when the company's here or not, and staff and trainees, and spend the first, you know, 45 minutes every day thanking the Lord and seeking us, you know, worshiping, worshiping together yeah. and um, so just. Great trying to foster that unity in the Lord, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's, we're blessed, you know, we're blessed to be able to come to work and be surrounded by all these young people. (laughs) Help keep us a little young. There you go. And I love the idea of, you know, it really does take a team and just having that staff around you guys. And I would love as we wrap up, one question I like to ask is, is there something on your heart you'd like to share with other artists right now? So just a little parting word of encouragement or wisdom that you would like to share be great i would say don't put yourself in a box you know Mm -hmm. artistically or or job wise or however you want to look at it don't don't just say i can only do this you know but if if you begin to do something do it with all your heart mind soul and strength you know love the lord Mm -hmm. first with all your heart mind soul and strength that's good how about you kathy and to know with God, all things are possible. I mean, and yes. there's nothing too hard for him. That's right. So if he puts a puts a dream in your heart, <clears throat> vision, you know, if it's of him, he's going to bring it to pass. Mm-hmm. And to, you know, he tells us we don't have to be anxious or to worry, but to just <laughs> rest in him. So yes. knowing that he's, he's sovereign and he's good and his plan, he'll bring it to fulfillment in, mm-hmm. in your life. That's so good. And we happen. We've seen that happen, you know, in ours. Yes. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much for that. And I know that'll be such an encouragement for everyone that's listening and for myself. Uh-huh. Just for fun, I love to ask, what is one of your favorite things right now? So this could be literally anything, but something that's one of your favorite things at the moment. I love... <laughs> To watch an old Turner classic movie, 1940s. Uh, 1950s, 40s. 1940s. I love just to, to watch an old movie I sometimes. I love that. That's so fun. And uh, we love riding bikes, too, and walking. And what what I've taken up lately is crawling on the floor. I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But some people, yeah, I, that's that's the thing going on right now, crawling on your on your floor. Okay. To get straight. Yeah. That's it's awesome. kind of, it's kind of, 
Yeah. Some sort of core strength and everything. That's fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's fun. I love that. Well, I would love to let people know how they can connect with you and with Valley Magnificat. And I will also link to the website in the show notes, but if you just want to share the best way to connect. The best way to connect is just go to our website and, uh, or Facebook or Instagram, any one of our uh, things and just go. We've got information on there, how to get in touch, our numbers and emails and all that stuff's there. Yeah. And we'd love to, to have you here if you're interested in, uh, furthering your, your dance and, and continuing on in a Christian dance atmosphere and mission, then we'd love to have you. And uh, you can get all that information on the website and all that stuff. Sounds great. Well, thank you both so much for taking the time today and just for all the ways that you've impacted so many lives and continue to just be faithful in your work. And thank you for the way that you've sort of, yeah, really pioneered that path for dancers like myself who have come through and been able to be maybe one step further down the road or a few steps really further down the road because you guys said, Hey, we're going to, we're going to say yes to God, even when it seems a little bit like there's nothing like this out there. (laughs) So thank you. And I just pray blessings over you both and appreciate you being here. God bless you, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you. Find all the links, full show notes, and additional resources on our website, creativeimpactpodcast.com. If you're interested in supporting the show, some great ways to do that are to share it with a friend, to rate and review wherever you're listening, and then also if you're interested in giving financially, you can check out our Patreon community where you get bonus content each month and have a special part in helping make this podcast possible. You can access our Patreon community on the link at our website or by going to creativeimpactpodcast.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Thank you all so much for listening to the Creative Impact Podcast. The music for the show was produced by Michael Cash. Until next time, remember that you were designed to create. You were made to inspire. Continue living with purpose and making an impact. I'll see you next time, friends.